This is a HeadGum Podcast. Dynamic banter. Mike and Steve are going to do bits and have some fun. Dynamic banter. Honking horns and ringing bells and making good. Dynamic banter. Don't forget the history rose. What exactly could I put in my body for the rest of my life <laughs> to stay alive for a real long time? And then they tell you and you do that. And then that's it. Does it have anything to do with riding in a crazy train? Guys, <laughs> welcome. Welcome to Dynamic Banter, Mike. I'm rolling if you don't mind. I'm Mike. <laughs> I don't know. And I'm Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever see that movie, I Am Mike? I Am Mike, where the guy puts on the shoes and then he becomes Mike. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. Dude, imagine if there was a movie that was like Mike with Little Bow Wow, but it's my, they find my shoes. <laughs> they just have my life. Um, someone's like, whose shoes are these? And then, and then they're like, I, I mean, it says Mike inside. I don't know why it's says- they're Jordans. They're Jordans, but they're like a size, like 10 and a half or something. <laughs> what are you? 11. Mike? Excuse me. 11. I'm sorry. 11. They're a size 11. 11 and a half. If I want to leave room. Is there anything special about size 11? Jordans? Or? Yeah. It's bigger than 10. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I'm just trying to be accurate for the people. <laughs> Guys. What's wrong? <laughs> what's wrong? Did you say what's wrong in there? Um, oh, yeah, because what's wrong with Ozzy Osbourne is the song. Guys, what's wrong with Ozzy Osbourne? And also, welcome to the show. Uh, happy holidays to everyone. Um, you know, I, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm going to hear that song, Mike. What do you mean? I don't think That's I'm going to hear it this season because where I would have normally heard it would have been in like any shopping center, any department CVS. store, CVS, yeah. bank, like bank anywhere. America. Yeah. Like I mean, the gas station would be pumping it in the speakers, probably. Um, yes. But I don't really. But now go there's anywhere. no music gas station because of Governor Garcetti. Nature is returning, and there's no more music. <laughs> People are the virus. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. <laughs> but like, uh, <laughs> Ozzy's got Ozzy. something to say. <laughs> Dude, um. the best part the best part of this week was fucking getting everybody's spotify rewind wrap up right oh yeah um, yeah 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 and everyone was like i've listened for this many minutes yeah and thank you so much for getting me through the pandemic or thanks for getting me through yeah. school or whatever the fuck and our show was like this <laughs> um <laughs> Um, D 
dude, I'm glad so you brought. Wouldn't normally be in the places that you hear that song. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because someone posted in the subreddit. It's always this is like the second year, maybe or maybe the third year, where Spotify has done like a thing where you can like um, check out your year in review on Spotify, and it'll show you like all the top music you were listening to and like top podcasts and shit. And. Uh, <laughs> Um, and, uh, people have been tweeting us or tagging us in their photos of how much they listen to dynamic banter on Spotify. And it's like incredible. It's overwhelming. Like you guys are really insane. I think because someone in the subreddit posted a screenshot of, um, th- how much they listened to dynamic banter, and it says that this person listened to ten episodes in, in one, one day. day. That's just somebody who didn't like they had their phone on this much volume on like one or two, and it was yeah. just in their pocket, and they just forgot. Like it was playing in their car, and then they just walked around with it on like one or two volume for the rest of the day. That's what that is. Yeah, and someone in here was saying no <laughs> someone in here said that they they were like I I got 10 and I think it's because I listen overnight. So it might just mm-hmm. go and go, which is really cool cuz it makes it seem like our podcast is being listened to at, at all hours <laughs> yeah. of the day. Um which is pretty rad actually, but um I mean, just the amount of time that you guys are spending with us even if it's subconsciously while you sleep. <laughs> um you know i think that's um i'm grateful for it and it's awesome and Mm -hmm. i'm glad you brought it up mike because i wanted to i wanted to talk about the person that had listened to 10 episodes in one day (laughs) yeah that's Um, so funny if they did do that like if that was a road (laughs) trip or something that's super funny i hope that it was a good stretch of them i hope it was 10 good ones in a row i actually feel like um a road trip would be a, a perfect time to listen to like, you know, three episodes maybe <laughs> if yeah. you're on a long trip and you're getting goofy with your friend or you're, or you're trying to stay awake on the road. Yeah. Especially if it's just <clears throat> you. Right. Um, so anyway, I won't hear wonderful Christmas time, Mike. And uh-huh. I, I feel very like chill about it. <laughs> like I feel, what does that mean? Well, I you know that I don't like that song. You know that I find yes. it. You absolutely. certainly hit that button a lot for somebody who doesn't like that song. Yeah, because it's a ridiculous <laughs> sound, and I and I I'm I'm trying to prove how ridiculous it is uh, by by isolating pieces of it and playing it over and over and over again. Because that's how that's I interesting. kind of that's yeah that's how I deconstruct things that I that I can't wrap my head around. Yes. But you are trying to push your agenda on people, your holiday agenda on people. And I don't respect that. I mean, look, I, I'm not alone, Mike. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't so think. So that's okay. That makes it okay to push an agenda? No, I don't think I have an agenda so much as just an, an awareness of how we talk about it on the show. Because we, within our world, have famously talked a lot about Paul McCartney's Wonderful Christmas Time. Yeah. And um, you, sir, are a, someone who loves the song. It feels like Christmas yeah. has come. 
Christmas is here when you hear Paul McCartney's insane synthy sounds. And um, for me, it it's like, oh man, here comes this song 90 times uh, in the next 48 hours. And because it's so strange to me and the, the like synth part is just so fucking weird. And I'm not alone. And so you're not alone either, though. There's, it's truly a divisive song. Like, lots of people love it. Lots of people don't love it. And I think that there isn't really an agenda. Like, I'm not trying to convince you not to like it. And I'm not trying to convince anyone not to like it. But I am just simply stating that it is a very strange song. It's fascinating in many ways. And you, I, I, it's possible to hear it too many times in real life. And, and I think that's really weird and I don't like it. <laughs> I wonder when I'll get to that day. I don't think you will. I'm going to keep a desk calendar and I'm going to put a check mark on every day. I don't feel like I've heard that song enough time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like if you didn't hear that song at all this Christmas, you would notice. Yeah, I yeah. like hearing the song. It reminds me of good things. It reminds me of like, I re can remember like the first time I ever heard that song and it just makes me happy. And that is everything about Christmas. There's yeah. certain things that maybe you watch on TV. There's certain movies, perfect example, that a lot of people think are dirt, trash, garbage that oh, yeah. people need to watch around the holidays oh, because yeah. it makes them feel nice. Right. And it's like, would I listen to simply having a wonderful Christmas time on July 8th <laughs> at three o'clock in the afternoon? Yes, I would. But I think that is an outlier thing. Would you actually you know, listen to the whole? It doesn't have to be a beautiful what? <laughs> You'd listen to the whole song in July. I would <laughs> if I haven't heard it in a while. I would absolutely listen. I just, I like the song. I like those sounds that everyone thinks are like ear piercing, and I'm like, uh, I mean, music is subjective. I just like it so much, and I don't give a rat's ass about what anybody else. Says. Yeah, I don't think it's ear piercing. Like I wouldn't say that. I'm sure there are people that feel that way. To me, I would say it's just strange. Like it's it's hopping around on a time signature that is like un kind of un it doesn't it doesn't compute to a lot of people because it's like it's following like the time signature of the song yes. but I think that's what incredible yeah. musicians do when they get bored as shit yeah. all the musicians that i know that we used to like um play on shows with there's like a top tier of mu musicians in your town and then there's like the people who are just in a band because it's fun, you know? Right. Of and course. all the top tier musicians, the older we got, especially if they're still into it from right. the time that they were like 13 and still mm -hmm. doing it like professionally, all like try weird fucked up shit with time signatures and like yeah. all that stuff. And that is not, it doesn't, it's not always conducive to uh, like pop music is right. popular it's for everyone and right. that, that crazy funky math rock Paul McCartney <laughs> Tycho shit is not for everyone yeah but it doesn't mean it's not uh interesting or can't be good yeah I mean I feel like <laughs> he's certainly he's certainly not the first musician to release a track with like strange time signatures and weird like synth experimentation 
Yeah, like, but maybe on a Christmas song. But that's, that's the thing. Every five it, minutes. It, it like it, you know, but it was Paul McCartney making a Christmas song. And if you took the synth away from the song, I think you could make like and and all I want for Christmas is you type like Christmas bop that will that transcends time and is less divisive. I don't know that it would transcend time as much. I think part of what makes that song unique and what continues this conversation every year is that very is the choice to play that instrument that way. (laughs) I think if you take that out and you just make it like regular vanilla ass, it's fucking cold and it's fucking snowing and (laughs) there are lights and there's figgy pudding. It's just another Christmas. There was I, so, dude, every yeah. artist, especially in the 90s, if you remember, I think they still do it, but every pop artist came out with like a trash fucking uniform Christmas oh, album yeah. of oh, a bunch yeah. of songs that just get lost to history. And I'd be <laughs> yeah. so sad if Paul McCartney, at, if that song fell on that list. Well, but but they, I think the thing that keeps it coming up is this, the weird sound. Yeah, yeah. And I, and, and I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying that like, because obviously the synth aspect of the song is what's creating like that feeling of whimsy and joy and kind of like Christmas time is here. Like you feel like you see a snowscape in your mind's eye and you see like, you know, Christmas decorations and shit. And I think yeah. it's masterfully like snow from the 80s. Yeah, exactly. And like that. Yeah, exactly. And shitty hairstyles from the 80s. <laughs> yeah. um, but like and I think that's a masterfully created image scape that the song like gives you. And I think that that's what makes the song so unique, but it's also a good song. And I think that if you took the whims, the whimsical synth thing that ends, that ends up being a signifier of Christmas time and joy for so many people, you don't have this like whimsical divisive song anymore. You have like a vanilla Christmas song, like you were saying, but I think all I want for Christmas is you is also a very vanilla fucking Christmas song. Like the lyrics are just like very normal, regular. I love you. I want, I don't want to be alone for Christmas shit. And I think that wonderful Christmas time also is a subject of that with the lyrics being very simple, but it's still a good song. Like Paul McCartney is a good musician. So like, I think that all I'm saying is to close it up for me, all I want for Christmas is you is debatably the number one Christmas song of like all time to a lot of people. And I think that if one, if, if simply having a wonderful Christmas time took the whimsical synth out and put in like strings and some like big ass cool band sounds, I think it would be as popular as wonderful or as all I want for Christmas is you. I respectfully disagree. Hmm. And I think that the lyrics especially of all I want for Christmas is you. It are uh, leaps and bounds better than. Okay. All right. That simply yeah. having. Yeah. All Christmas right. Time. It's true. Who wrote that song? Uh, that's a good, I question. would love to know that. What if it was Babyface? Cause he wrote every <laughs> song in the nineties <laughs> Babyface, And the, here's a little, here's a little guy from the nineties trivia for you. Babyface <laughs> And. Uh, the guy from Semisonic wrote every song. (laughs) (laughs) Um, dude, also, um, who's the guy, Meatloaf's guy, the guy that wrote all of Meatloaf's song, um, Richard Marks. 
No, not Richard Marx. But he also wrote like so many hit songs. Like he wrote Total Eclipse of the Heart and like mm. shit like that. But all those like power ballad songs, those big. Dude, epic- there's like, I'm telling you, there's like 10 people in the 90s that wrote every 90s song. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> the um, same people who wrote all the 90s theme songs. <laughs> it's all one guy. <laughs> let's go to Wikipedia. Or a girl. Or a girl. Hey, or a girl. Or a girl. Um, let's see. Unless she Background. was kept down by an oppressive system at the time. Because <laughs> it did work differently. Thank I you, think. Mike. I appreciate you. It's just a scummy. It was way scummier. And music business will always be scummy as fuck. Oh, yeah. I'm still, waiting f- way more. I'm still waiting for a really good, like, Sopranos-esque drama about the music industry that's, like, good. I think that's what, uh, what's it called? Uh, um, fuck. It's on Hulu. Hmm. Oh, God damn it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The one that Darren and Darren really loved. Is that what you're talking about? What the fuck was that called? Like, yeah, that's going to bother me for the rest of the day. Yeah. It's like the rap industry, the rap yeah. music industry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Damn it. <laughs> Someone's screaming Dude. at the. Yeah. somebody's there. up right now at two o'clock in the morning on a road trip because they're screaming <laughs> it's like Hang that on. jack white documentary <laughs> so who wrote that uh song hang on i'm trying to find out the name of that show <laughs> is it called <laughs> it's not called no it's not industry uh, whatever i don't know we're gonna go to we're, we're gonna do a big bungle episode after this um it says, following the success of the singer's 1993 career best-selling album, Music Box, Mariah Carey and her management at Columbia Records began devising ideas and strategies for subsequent projects. Sounds like something you do after the huge success of an artist. You talk about what's next. Mm-hmm. Carrie's then husband, Tommy Matola, head of Columbia's parent label, Sony Music Entertainment, began mapping out possible follow-ups for the singer during the pinnacle years of her career. During the initial discussions regarding the thought of doing a Christmas-themed album with Carrie and her songwriting partner of four years, Walter... Afan, Afanas, Afanasif. Walter, I'll say Afanasif. The fear arose that it was not commercially expedient or wise to release holiday music at the peak of one's career, as it was more often equated with a release towards the end of a musician's (laughs) waning career. Whoa. (laughs) Dun 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 dun. That's so interesting. See, that's more interesting fucking music industry shit that, like, if they put that into a show, I would eat the fuck out of that. Yeah. I'll eat it up. Maybe it was in that one show. Um, was it? Uh, uh, <laughs> that's us. Hey, that's why remember. we like that so much, is that it just us. <laughs> Hey Ozzy, what show is it? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that one, but <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's on Hulu. <laughs> oh god damn it. I'm typing in Hulu music industry show <laughs> to yes. Google. <laughs> yes. Uh that's okay. a good way for Google ah! to not think you're racist. What I got it. it. Empire. Empire, god damn it. <laughs> Empire was the one with Juicy Smoulier on it, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so anyway, uh so Afanasyph Afanasyph recalled his sentiments during initial discussions for a holiday record. Quote, back then, you didn't have a lot of artists with Christmas albums. It wasn't a known science at all back then. And there was no... no... it was just Mariah Carey and corn. <laughs> exactly. Dude, that was such a weird time for music. For me, I was just this, like, fucking emo music snob, and I was like, give me Depeche Mode and The Cure and nothing else! Oh, I can't picture that at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Some things never change, but, um, uh. but obviously like deep in my like youthful bullshit and my, you know, growth learning shit, I was like, obviously these are good fucking songs. Obviously Korn is a great band. Obviously mm -hmm. Mariah Carey is great, but I like had a hate for them that was so stupid and just like kid shit and like angsty, you know, whatever. I was misunderstood. So I felt like, you know, I had to ostracize people. Um, but, uh, you know, I knew this was good music, but it was such a weird time for music back then. It was such yeah. a weird time. It was great. A lot of people call that. I think it's a little depressing to call it this, but a lot of people call that like the pinnacle of uh, like pop culture. And uh, I kind of see where they're coming from. But I also think that there is a part of every fun human being who thinks that their like uh, era as a or early to late teen, early twenties thinks that's the best time that there ever was. Yeah. So I, I try to balance that out, but I do, I look, I look fondly on stuff that I didn't like back then either. Like if I hear, dude, if you like hear a Britney Spears song, mm -hmm. the right Britney Spears song, and you're kind of not expecting it. And you just listen to it as like, I'm 15, 20, 25 years removed from this. Yes. It's a fucking like banger. Yeah. It's a banger like production wise. <laughs> yeah. It's like catchy as fuck. Yeah. And it's um stuck in your head. Dude, I I get like limp biscuit shit stuck in my head. Me and Zoya <laughs> just did half a, a podcast episode about Alien Ant Farm, that oh, song movie. Shit. And uh so many people have been hitting me up like I thought I was the only person who fucking thought about this song or you unlocked a memory in my song just because we were like cleaning one morning and this song from 1999 popped into my head. And I was like, <laughs> dude, that was like, of I'm no disrespect because they did more than I've ever done in music, but that was like a flash in the pan. They were around for like two or three songs, whatever. But that song is stuck in my head and held in a fond place in my heart forever. I'm fucking, I'm in my thirties. Yeah. And I heard that song when I was like, I don't know how old I was in 1999. Can't do math. No, Almost I, didn't I graduate from you. college. Because of it. I never, <laughs> but, but, uh, 
Um, we like to have fun though. And, uh, dude, I just love that shit. I love so many things about the nineties and I was so into music and I'm so thankful that, um, I quit baseball for music so I could have fun. (laughs) Dude, grunge? (laughs) Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. My poor dad's heart. (laughs) Grunge like swept me off my feet. Like grunge was like my thing. Like I remember grunge happening and being like, oh, this is like, this is like rock and roll, like good rock and roll, but like with like a dark kind of twist to it and like a grungy kind of like we're just going to fucking rock out in our garage kind of shit. And mm-hmm. uh, and I fucking love that. It felt because I liked a lot of punk rock stuff, too. And so it really felt like America was getting like um, like a like a poppy punk rock kind of kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. but Stone Temple Pilots is a band that really, like you said, that Alien Ant Farm song really gets you, um, that flies in the Vaseline, we are, whatever that song's called. Is it called? But like, um, that fucking song instantly transports me like that fucking scene in Ratatouille when the guy eats the fucking uh, ratatouille and he goes straight back to being a kid and he's like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. Like that, that the memory of going to Las Vegas with my family and listening to that song and my brother and I rocking out and going like, yeah, this song's awesome. And my parents going like, we don't understand you guys. (laughs) And we're just like, just some family vacation. We were just having such a good time. Like that song takes me there. And that was like, and you know, you can hear that song now and be like, "Eh, it's not for me. But back then it was like, there was just something about that, about Stone Temple Pilots, man. They were just such a great band. Dude, they were so great. There was a whole period of time where I learned about rock music like Nirvana because I had a friend at camp or something like that who would make me tapes. Right. And he'd, you know, we'd you would bring your Walkman to camp or school or whatever, and you trade tapes with people and you'd be like, Oh, can I take this home and copy it or, or whatever? And I have a friend who would make me Nirvana tapes. And I thought that was the cool. And my parents would be like, what the fuck are you listening to? Like, how did you even get that? (laughs) The screaming man. And then there was a whole (laughs) section of time where I had like, just literally a toy, a child's toy that was uh, a cassette tape player. And it had like a little microphone that came off the, you know, like the origin of that sound. Yeah, yeah. Like a little plastic mic. (laughs) And I would watch MTV all day. And they used to play two in a row from artists on Tuesdays. And uh, I would hit record on a blank tape and I would just put the microphone up to the TV. And that's when (laughs) I remember learning about like Stone Temple Pilots. Fuck yeah. And uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers and fucking, you know. All that stuff. Dude, like, I mean, it's now we sound like old fucking men talking about this, but like, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, but it's a funny observation because we, we like, if we wanted to hear a song that we heard on the radio or on TV, if we wanted to hear it and not, cause like, you had to happen upon it. Like, 
unless you had a friend who had a cassette tape or whatever, or their parents were into it and they had like a record or something. I don't know. Yeah. But if your parents like happened to be in into the same music right. as you, which was like one friend's <laughs> parents, my parents had like carpenters and Michael Jackson. Yeah. And Chicago, like, <laughs> exactly. uh, the Eagles, which I didn't appreciate at the time. But then later on I was like, fuck yeah, yeah dude, let oh, me get yeah. that fucking, <laughs> let me get the carpenters in here. Um, but I dude, so if you wanted to <laughs> Captain hear and Tenille. Captain and Tennille, dude, <laughs> fuck yeah. But it's like if you wanted to um hear a song like a Stone Temple Pilots song or something, like for me, um, if I wanted to hear a, a, a Depeche Mode song or whatever, I had to happen upon it on the fucking radio and then instantly hit record on my fucking tape player so that I could get half of the song and then yeah. I could hear huh. that and that's how I heard the song. So yeah, Mike, I totally recorded shit all the time. Like fucking Beavis and Butthead episodes on tape so that I could listen to it, you know, driving to school or something, <laughs> you know, yeah. like that. But now, you know, now kids have their fucking... They're fucking phones. It's weird that, um, uh, I mean, you don't have to appreciate it because you didn't grow up in a world where you needed to do that. Right. But I do feel like the old ways of doing things don't really get looked at fondly a lot. Like even like things that don't have anything to do with how they affect other people, just old ways of getting information and art and music are kind of like, yeah, fuck you. You didn't have the internet. Right. But it's like, there should be a little bit of an appreciation of like, you know, like I never had to, uh, like the sneakerheads before me would go sleep on the sidewalk for like fucking, or drive from like Connecticut to New Jersey or like all up and down the coast to get certain sneakers when you could just literally have an app and have a bot that clicks the app at a certain time or however the fuck it works. And like that just, it erases things like that. Things like tape trading, being right. able to just type the name and the band into an app or a thing that you want into an app. And to be able to get that is great for like instant gratification, but it wipes out a whole set of like um, life experiences and or interactions that yeah. you would have normally had in that yeah. that could turn into like lifelong friendships and shit like yeah. that. Um, and everyone's like, why do I have dating apps now? And it's because you've gotten rid of every <laughs> physical <laughs> thing it takes to yeah. get a thing. Because <laughs> well, like the future and technology is all about like you know, um, making things easier and making things, uh, more accessible and, and, and shortening the amount of time it takes to do things, which but is like, great. which is totally great, but you're right, dude. Like I, I heard enjoy the silence by Depeche mode in my parents, Honda civic on the way to somewhere for the first time in my life. And then I was like, what is this song? It just spoke to me. I loved it so much. And then I was like, leave it on because I need to hear them say after the song who the artist was. Because on the radio, they'd be like, that was Depeche Mode with Enjoy the Silence or whatever, some <laughs> yeah. shit like that. And so, no, 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 60 minute rock block. <laughs> right, right. And so I had to take that information and then go to like Best Buy or something or some kind of like local record store and then ask if to see if they had Depeche Mode 
um, enjoy the silence. And then if someone knew, they could say, oh, that was on the album called Violator or whatever. And then you'd buy the album and then you'd go home and then you'd put the album, you'd have it in your hands and then you'd put it into a thing, whether it was a tape or a CD or whatever. And then you could hit play and then take out like the paper in there yeah. and then open and it up. And read the lyrics and, read and the look lyrics. at pictures of the band. Yeah. Yeah. The fucking best, dude. It was, and like, it was like you like discovered a, a treasure box. I remember, dude, a couple of years ago. Do you know who Mike Doty is? Yeah. Uh, he's one of my favorite, like, one of my favorite musicians of all time. He came out with a record called Haughty Melodic that it was like 2003 or 2004, maybe something like that. I'm just guessing. Yeah. And it came out on CD. And at the time, like he used to be in this big band called Soul Coughing. They broke up. Yeah. He didn't do anything for a little while. And then he would pop up here and there uh, doing solo stuff and acoustic stuff or whatever. And I was huge into that because I discovered that band as they were breaking up. So I was super bummed out about that. So I discovered this other guy and he made a couple albums and then Haughty Melodic was made with Dave Matthews. And I was like, whoa, Dave Matthews like helped this dude with a record. It's like worlds colliding and like, yeah. And so I ended up getting it at like a show or maybe his website or something. And it was a CD and you open it up and there's a piece of paper and it was fine or whatever. Maybe it was like a one fold thing. Yeah. And then years later he came out with a record that had a record jacket and a book that was like, here are photos from that time period. Whoa. And here are handwritten lyrics from that time period and little stories behind the songs. Yeah. And I was like, dude, it's like I, that album meant so much to me in 2004. Yep. yep. And now I could like fill in all these little yeah. blanks. Yeah. That I filled in myself for like years. Yeah. And that shit is like, uh, it's obviously not a lost art because this dude re-released this like a couple years ago or whatever. So you could still do it, but he's also from the generation where you got to have that feeling and you knew what that was like. Yeah. And it's, maybe it's up to us. Maybe it's our fault that people aren't as into it or think it's corny or think it's like an old man, old person thing, you know, maybe we need to make a bigger deal about how special and fun that was and communicate that, clearly and uh zoe do you have a first of all don't flip me off and walk away that <laughs> i could do a quick selfless <laughs> zoe do you have any fun record jacket stories oh zoe wasn't allowed to like have <laughs> well that's the other thing it's like you know we talk about how we would record shit off the tv or whatever it's because like you know, one, every household had some kind of recording tape recording thing because that was just something that you had along with like an answering machine at some point. But it's like, you know, I couldn't really like afford to buy albums all the yeah. time. And like I certainly couldn't buy the cassettes and stuff. So like you had a tape recorder to make your own versions of the songs from the radio and stuff. And then you'd have those albums until you could like save up for an album or get one for your birthday or some shit. But yeah. dude, it's totally like finding a, a, like a treasure chest when you, when you unlock, like, you know, like I remember being so obsessed about Oingo Boingo and Danny Elfman. And I was like a huge nerd for that. And then like, getting a book and reading about like how all this shit came to be and like when he started and what were his inspirations and shit like that. And it's like, I don't know if it's just us. There you go. I don't know if it's just us, 
you know, our generation or whatever, but I just find it so fun to be able to, to like hear something, have it affect you and then go like, I need to find out how this was made. I need to find out who made it. And I want to find out like who they are and, and just going down the rabbit hole of like all of this shit, just because it made you feel an emotion that is like so strong that you just want to know more. And maybe like, you know, at some point you're the same age as that artist and going through like similar life things and everyone, everyone is just figuring shit out. No matter how much you seem like you got it together or you have no idea what's happening, that's life is everyone just like stumbling around and trying to figure shit out. And music is one of those things that like gets you through that. So the more information an artist wants to give you about how like what they just made got them through or help them process this thing in their life, the more it like, you know, you could like the way a song sounds and then you could like the way a song makes your heart vibrate. Yeah. You know, and like there's all these different levels where you could like, and then that transcends, you know, that's the reason I I like wrestling so much. And and then it transcends. Right. Right. It's all connected pretty much. Dude, can I say this one thing real quick? Sure. Mike Doty, this is his second book. I don't know why I haven't done this earlier because he's also he came out with a book years ago called The Book of Drugs that talked a lot about that band. And uh, you'd have to be really about soul um, coughing. Yeah, I guess you don't even have to be really into that band. It's just a fucking interesting story. Yeah, I mean, but if it's this a good just story, like, then yeah. This is like, uh, you know, three hundred pages about like when he was inspired by stuff. And like just little stories and of like the first time he heard a certain instrument or music or how a band made him feel, you know, and it's like every story has like a title and a year behind it. Love it. And I'm like, I don't know. How the fuck do you remember when all these? Dude, that's what I was just going to say. Like, I don't remember shit. What is it called? Uh, I die each time I hear the sound. It just came out and it's just fucking super interesting. And I was literally thinking like, oh, I would love to do something like this if anyone cared enough to read it. Right. And then I was like, I don't remember when yeah. any of my memories. <laughs> I think the way you do that is you go to like your friends and you go to your family and you go to like a bunch of people who knew you and just go like, what do you remember? Like, just tell when me. When was you're this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. I, I have friends who I went to school with who could tell me about stories all day of yeah. just things. So, dude, I have a friend who is like, his memory is insane to me. And he remembers shit that like, there's no world I would ever remember it in. Like, I just don't, it's just a gone memory. And like, I think I just need to sit down with that guy and be like, all right, like, I know this is like really like, this is like talk about me type shit, but it's like, I need to discover parts of my life that I can't remember. I didn't need you to help me because I truly don't remember. It's weird how they could be like, yeah, there was this one story that happened in 1995. And I remember because like this life event happened the next day. So they have like right. a mile marker right. for it. And it connects. It's like a, tri- yeah. it's a, yeah, the through line hits, it hits in there. Um, yes. Okay. Let's do the ads and then we'll come back to um, all I want for Christmas is you. Cause I really want to find out where the fuck that song came from. And it also connects to us talking about 
music and how it, we it connects with us and how we are curious to know who wrote that fucking song. And it's all because back in the day, we got the fucking album with the liner notes or whatever, and we got to see who wrote the song and all that shit. And I think it's like all connected. So I think that's really fun. God this damn it. This is a very it. good podcast. This might podcast. be the best episode of this podcast. It's not funny at all, but no, this might not. be the best episode. It's the first time we've ever we've we've leaned into the dynamic part of the dynamic <laughs> banter. <laughs> all right, let's get uh, let's get these ads. <laughs> Ooh, industry, <laughs> science, technology, all are available to you at your fingertips at the ITT Tech Technical Institute. Just kidding, I don't, that's not a real. Each world is a world different than the last. Every world is one that you can open your eyes to a dream. Open up a new opportunity for you and your cousin today, a VCR repair. Synergy, family, togetherness, crumbs, hair, 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 hair. Building a more healthy tomorrow for a natural yesterday's time. And only one way is the year to today and after yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, let's talk about HelloFresh. Love some HelloFresh. I still have my 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 menu or like my ingredients list for some things because I was like, I really like that. I wonder if I could replicate it. Uh, but you know, well, that's not the point. The point is they send you the ingredients for the recipes so that you can make food for you or your family and even for picky eaters. And it's very easy to do super. Um, I don't know. It's just really easy to follow instructions essentially. And you make delicious meals. Am I right, Mike? They send you perfectly portioned, um, ingredients, So you're not like, oh, if I add too much of this, I'm going to ruin it. Or if I don't add enough of this, they send you exactly what you need. They spell out how to do it. Um, So easy. A lot of our friends can do it. A lot of our friends who listen to our podcast for whatever reason have made (laughs) HelloFresh and have stopped playing video games with us in the middle to go make HelloFresh and then come back. Yeah. If you're worried about whether or not this thing would interact, how this thing would interact with your lifestyle. Yeah, even our friends use it based off of our recommendation to use it. And that yeah. if that doesn't speak volumes of how wonderful it is and easy and convenient, then I don't know what does. Because it certainly is just, you know, you, you pick what kind of meals you want um, and you get them delivered to you. And I if I look at the copy points, I could get the exact verbiage down. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I, I think the... the- <laughs> organic uh real life experience sells it more than sure for sure whatever we have to say i just wanted to get the details down um but um hello fresh <laughs> is great mike and i love it it's just convenient no contact delivery to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family And the recipes are easy to follow, as we said, with simple steps and pictures that guide you along the way, guys. And you can feed the whole family in an easy, low-price way for larger boxes, so more servings means more savings, guys. And HelloFresh delivers fresh, high-quality pre-portioned ingredients so you can make the meals that are delicious and nutritious. And over 90% of the ingredients are sourced directly from growers to ensure peak flavor and ripeness. 
all right? And they're flexible for your lifestyle. You can easily change your delivery days or meal plan preferences, and you can skip a week whenever you need uh, right on the app, okay? And you can keep your fridge stocked by adding extra meals or additional proteins, uh, quick meals like breakfasts on the go, or their 10-minute lunches and even desserts to satisfy your sweet tooth. Mm, mamma mia. And guys, HelloFresh is committed to donating to those in need. So far in 2020, they have donated 3.5 million <laughs> meals. That's insane. 3.5 million meals were donated in 2020. So, And you can help too with HelloFresh's Beyond the Box program where you give nutritious meals to those experiencing food insecurity with just a couple of clicks in the app. So how about that, guys? So guys, go to HelloFresh.com slash Dynamic90 and use the code Dynamic90 to get $90 off, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash Dynamic90 and use the code Dynamic90 to get $90 off, including free shipping. Check out what even our personal friends are saying is delicious and easy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, HelloFresh. We made it. All right. I got to get out of this freaking epic trailer music. Hey, guys. Here at Ralph's, we've got the best graham crackers in town. <laughs> dude, that would sell me, dude. Yeah. Like, Fuck, would, graham crackers? If I heard that on the radio or something, <laughs> like it, it interrupts your Spotify. I'd be like, right. how far am I from a Ralph's? Jesus. When's the last time you had a graham cracker? I want a fucking graham cracker with peanut butter on it. Um... <laughs> Guys, MeUndies. I love MeUndies so much. Mike and I love them. Big, 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 big fans. I actually personally ordered, using our code, a onesie. I got another onesie because I love their onesies so much. You told me the other day when we were playing Fortnite that you were in the onesie all day and you were in heaven. And I didn't want to get out of it. <laughs> it's so comfortable. And guys, the holidays can be... Mm, the most stressful time of year for various reasons if only there were some bearded man with a bottomless bag of everything you need to cross off that list thankfully <laughs> our friends at MeUndies have the next best festive thing MeUndies curated a list of stuff your friends really want this year so you can soften the holiday stress what's the saying work softer not harder that's right. Their micromodal is not only super soft, but breathable, light, and impossibly cozy. It's everything you need to have a stress-free and comfortable holiday. Hey, give some me time with me undies, sustainably soft undies, PJ sets, slippers, and more. Um, you can also gift a membership with a MeUndies gift card. How about that? Their membership is a subscription that sends new pairs right to your door so they never have to run out of undies again. It's a great, practical, wonderful gift. And with site-wide savings and exclusive sales, they automatically pay less for, well, everything. All right? So MeUndies has a great offer for our listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping. And MeUndies also has their problem-free philosophy. If you're not satisfied with any product for any reason, they'll refund or exchange it. No caveats, no questions. All right? 
So why don't you go to MeUndies.com slash banter. That's MeUndies.com slash banter. And you'll get 15% off your first order and free shipping. That's MeUndies.com slash banter. We love you, MeUndies. Thank you, MeUndies. All right. Last but certainly not least, Mike, new sponsor yes. alert. Ding, ding. <laughs> The train just went through my apartment. <laughs> um, solo stove. Oh, nice. Very nice. So Mike and I got these <laughs> packages in the mail. Giant packages. Big box in the mail. And it was an outdoor stove that mm-hmm. you can like put on your lawn or your balcony or something safely. And you can have like a controlled little stove that you can snuggle up next to during those cold holiday months. You can cook your marshmallows or just kind of like get mesmerized by the beautiful flames. It's like a little fire pit. Yeah, it's a little portable fire pit. Yeah, it's very cool. I were, um, me and Zoya went away this weekend. And for a certain part of that, it was nice enough outside where we could sit around a, a fire pit. And until we were joined by people we didn't feel like hanging out with, it was so good. <laughs> and now you could have the first part of that feeling at your own house on your deck or with your family, safely distant. And uh, that roasting, being able to roast marshmallows at your leisure, at your home, Whatever is you a beautiful thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, man, I love that. Mike, you're going to have to tell that story if, it, if there is one. I will. Um, but <laughs> you know, I was really excited about it. Um, it's just like, yeah, it's a little portable stove and, uh, or like a fire pit and you can carry it around in like a, like a carry bag if you want. And it's, um, it's if pretty rad and, and yeah. And whether you're camping in the woods or at a backyard get together, there's just nothing like a roaring fire to bring you back to what matters, huh? Just that simplistic, lizard brain you know kind of like the essence of fire it's just this thing that we just love to see you know we just have a reaction to it when we see it and it's just a wonderful thing um i have some fun fireside memories mike in fact i was at uh pismo beach just before the pandemic happened and I was roasting marshmallows with a bunch of friends in the rain under like a tarp on a beach and it was really cool and um that was a really fun memory around a fire and it was so warm and cool and i really really loved it um so here's the deal with solo stove it's they basically have these stainless steel you know stoves that are designed to regulate airflow and burn more efficiently so little smoke oh it's so little smoke that you'll wonder how there's so much fire Mike, is that true? Was there, was how you tried it out? What was it like? I didn't try it out. Oh, okay. All right. I thought it's you still said- in the box. We don't have a, I don't have enough room in my apartment. Oh, 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 I see. I see. All right. Well, I'm, I'm like, I've been wanting to try it out, but I've been so busy. I'm very mm. excited about it. Um, also, apparently, no campfire smell on your clothes and hair, and nothing left but ultra fine ash for easy cleanup. Um, from camp stoves to backyard bonfires, solo stove products are portable and built to last. 
easy to light with a few bits of starter. Your fire's blazing in minutes. So you just put like some pieces of wood in there and you're ready to go. Take your solo stove with you on the road or set it up on your rooftop or backyard. And solo stove is so confident in their products, they give you a lifetime warranty for every purchase. No one needs a reason to gather around the fire, right? Solo stove just took away any reason not to. And now you can get $10 off when you use the promo code banter at checkout. Just go to solostove.com, check it out, see if there's something in there for someone you love for the holidays, or maybe it's like a nice idea for for you to warm up during these winter months. And just go to solostove.com and remember, you get $10 off when you use the promo code banter. And that's what I'm saying to you. It's a guarantee you'll get $10 off when you use that promo code banter. That's nice. Thank you, Solo Stove. I can't wait to try it out. I'm very excited. Super am. Alana was like, whoa, I was okay. Bummed. I asked Zoe if she thought we had enough room on our deck, and we don't. But we could also put it in our courtyard, or we could put it in like a uh, like park, probably, or camping. Yeah, yeah. You could take a kinky bean. Sometimes you got to make your own space. You know what I mean? Um. So... Back to wonderful Christmas time, or uh, all I want for Christmas is you. And who wrote the song? Yes. <clears throat> Apparently, they were just like, it wasn't a known science at all that there wasn't a lot of Christmas al- artists with Christmas albums, and there was nobody who did new big Christmas songs. Is what this the guy a, a fantasyf was saying. So we were going to release it as kind of an everyday, hey, you know, we're putting out a Christmas album, no big deal. Ultimately, with Matola's persistence, Carrie and Affenseif. What is this from? Is this Wikipedia? Wikipedia. And Affenseif began writing and composing songs for its parent album, Merry Christmas, during the summer of 1994. Carrie began decorating the home she then shared with Matola in upstate New York which also came equipped with a personal recording studio, Mamma Me, with Christmas ornaments and other holiday-inspired trinkets. In doing so, Carrie felt she could capture the essence and spirit of what she was singing and make her vocal performance and delivery more emotive and authentic. All I Want for Christmas is You was recorded that August and took Carrie and Afanasyf a total of 15 minutes to write and compose. <laughs> I don't know this. <laughs> Here, how about yeah, how about this? And a one and a two. <laughs> you know, simply having a wonderful Christmas time took 40 years. At first, Afanasyf admitted that he was puzzled and blanched as to where Carrie wanted to take the melody and vocal scales. (laughs) I am positively (laughs) blanched. (laughs) What is, is that an adjective? Is that, that's a real word? Blanched. Yeah. And it's under quotation because that's what he said. He's that he said in quote that he was blanched though. She was adamant in her direction for the song. In an interview with Billboard, Afanasyf described the type of relationship he and Carrie shared in the studio and as songwriters for the song in general. And then there's like a big old (laughs) quote. 
What does it yeah. mean when something is blanched? Blanching is a cooking process <laughs> in which a food, usually a vegetable or a fruit, is scalded in boiling water, removed so he- after a brief, <laughs> brief timed interval, and finally plunged into ice water <laughs> placed under cold water or running water, shocked or refreshing. Oh. It's a halt to the cooking process. I was positively halted by the cooking process all I want for Christmas. I felt as if my skin had been scalded off and then I was very quickly cooled down and relieved. Um, He says the only way I could describe it. He said we would write the nucleus of the song, the melody, primary music, and then some of the words were there as we finished it. I started playing some rock and roll piano and started boogie woogieing my left hand, and that inspired Mariah to come up with the melodic "I don't want a lot for Christmas." And then we started singing and playing around with this rock and roll boogie song, which immediately came out to be the nucleus of what would end up being "All I Want for Christmas Is You." That one went very quickly. It was an easier song to write than some uh, some of the other ones. It was very formulaic, not a lot of chord changes. I tried to make it a little more unique, putting in some special chords that you really don't hear a lot of, which made it unique and special. Then for the next week or two, Mariah would call me and say, what do you think about this It was this just bit? a cheeseburger. And then I <laughs> decided to put some unique and special sauce on it to make it more unique and special. And, and that's the In-N-Out burger. Uh, Mariah Carey would call me and say, what do you think about this bit? We would talk about it a little bit until she got the lyrics all nicely coordinated and done. And then we just waited until the, se- the sessions began, which were in the summer of 94, where we got together in New York and started to record. And that's when we first hear her at the microphone singing, and the rest is history. Cool. And the rest is history. <laughs> the rest is history. <laughs> this was the most perfect flowing dynamic banter episode. I think so, too. <laughs> Except for the outreaches. <laughs> they don't have to know that. They don't have to know. Okay, that. good. Yeah, everything is perfect. Um Jacob Newton sends an email saying new Christmas song Dominic the Donkey. Merry Christmas, BB boys. New Christmas song. <laughs> About a month or two ago, Mike mentioned the song Dominic the Donkey on an episode of DB. I immediately perked up because I had discovered this weird song like two years ago, but you both quickly moved on from the topic without going into it. Well, now that it's Christmas time, I think it deserves a listen on the old podcast. What, what, do you, what is Dominic the Donkey? I don't donkey? know that we could do that. Oh, Really? I don't know. I don't know how any of that stuff works. Is this anymore, a what is a Dominic feeling. the Donkey? Dominic the Donkey is a song written by Ray Allen, Sam Salzberg, and Wandra Morell. Oh, <laughs> the wickedly. I'm wondering if it's a good song. Uh, Lou Mont. Here's what it says on Wikipedia. Lou okay. Monty sang this song in 1960. On Roulette Records, the song describes a donkey who helps Santa Claus bring presents to children in Italy because a reindeer cannot climb. And that's a that's a fact. 
Wow, shit. So that is, there used to be this, we listened to a lot of, uh, you ever start 12 sentences in a row? <laughs> <laughs> of them? What's wrong with Mikey? So we used to listen to a lot of independent radio in uh, back in my hometown in Connecticut. And um, there was this one song that, uh, uh, what is WICC? I think it was 660 WICC. That was John LaBarca's Italian house party. And it was just Italian songs. Uh, I don't know if it was like 24 seven or I think it was just during this guy's show. Maybe it was like a Saturday or Sunday morning thing. And every year around Christmas, they would play the song and it's so ridiculous, but it's so like fun. And uh, it's just another one of those things that it's just a ridiculous childhood memory. That'll be there forever and always. It reminds me of my family as I'm sure it does many small Italians. Uh, (laughs) it, It spans generations of many small Italians. So it's like, I don't know why I'm sure you have songs that were like popular in your family that you're like, why would anyone else ever hear that? Right. It's because it's not for everyone. Right. You know, it's for like your small Italian house party family or it's for like your Mexican family or, you know, it's not meant for the pop culture. Uh, it's not simply having a wonderful Christmas time. I <laughs> right, want <is> right. you <laughs> by we, Mariah Carey and Babyface. <laughs> we liked the the uh, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer song. but That's that the was, white version of Dominic the Dog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that song, about killing your grandma. I feel like that song penetrated the zeitgeist a little bit. And maybe this one didn't so much. Yes. Right? Like, uh, it's kind of a hidden gem. But um, I think because of that, we might be able to get away with it. So let's just okay. let's let's just go for it. And then, you know, we'll we'll, well don't play the whole thing. Just no, we won't taste. play the whole thing. OK, so here it is. Dominic the donkey. I've never heard this song. I'm very excited about this. Bam, 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 bam. Hey, chingity jing. It's Dominic the donkey. Jingity jing. The Italian Christmas donkey. La, la, la. Oh, this is great. La, 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 la. This is so good. That's Mariah Carey in the background. <laughs> they wrote this in 15 minutes <laughs> and performed it. In the summer of 1960. <laughs> this is great. It's just like a fun little. Christmas It's like tune. something you would hear on a Disneyland ride. Yeah, yeah. I love it. This little donkey, you never see him kick. When Santa yeah, it's great. his paisans with Dominic, he'll be. Because the reindeer cannot <laughs> climb the hills of Italy. Hey, jingity jing. It's Dominic the donkey. See, it's just a little story. It makes sense. It's like a little fucking Aesop's fable. Yes. You get, you don't need to know what the fuck it is. And by the end of the song, you completely understand what's going on. And that is something that's completely missing from one of my favorite Christmas songs of all time. <laughs> Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. <laughs> you never have any idea what's going on. Dude, this girl made this fucking meme. Did you see this girl made this meme? Imagine me hearing me say that two years ago. Her name is Anja. A-N-J-A. Internet. A-N-J-A on Twitter. Internet movie database. And she made this meme of the Joker, Joaquin Uh Phoenix. I saw that. Can you see that? (laughs) I retweeted it, yeah. 
It says, I'm going to, and then it's all crossed out. And it says, press every button on the synthesizer. And it says, Paul McCartney making wonderful Christmas time. <laughs> My favorite is still the note that's like, I truly don't know if it's on time or not, but it's so off. Is it one it's of so these? It's so off. Wait, sounding. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. It's later on in the song. Yeah. 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 <laughs> God damn it. Definitely a mistake. Is like, does Paul McCartney make <laughs> mistakes? It's a beautiful mistake. Um, okay, this is, let's do this last one and then we'll say goodbye. It's a be nice or not save life from Turner Tushhouse. He says, hello, insert gibberish here, boys. My name is Turner. Thank you for that. You saved me the... <laughs> uh, I have be nice or not be nice for you involving my job as an EMT that I will try to say without violating HIPAA. Please. Uh-oh. Um, me and my partners picked up the larger person with acute body problems to bring him to a hospital. I drove and my partner was in the back with the patient. When we got the hospital and unloaded the patient from the ambulance, they made a comment that went something like Timmy Turner is pretty tiny. Isn't he? Ha 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 ha. I'm a smaller boy, five, eight, 135 pounds, humble brag. But I was able to lift this patient's large born body, so this made me V annoyed. So, be nice or not be nice. So he made fun of you for being a small guy. Timmy Turner is pretty tiny, isn't he? Ha 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 ha. I mean, I guess I'd have to be there. But if you want my honest reaction to this oh let's do the thing where i guess you guess my oh okay okay wait shouldn't we be playing the music hang on let me find it i've missed the game show me the 70s game show music yeah it's so good it's been a while since that's the one that's like all right. Oh, that's real nice. God, I love it. It's really good. All right, so we're playing we're playing a fake nice or not well not a fake one, but an unofficial one. This one the stakes are too high. Right. It's stressful. Um so this guy picked up a larger man and carried him into the ambulance. He's an EMT. Mm-hmm. And the larger man made a snide remark. Made a about snide remark size. about him. Yes. So if and, it were me, yeah. What, Steve? Would I be nice, or do I save yes. his life, or whatever? Yes, correct. I think. I mean, I look. If Mike Falzone is an EMT in some weird alternate universe. And you're helping people and you're like still funny though, like you are. I think that if you're struggling and you're a a strong guy and you're like, you do this all day and someone makes fun of you for your height and you're, I think you're going to be like, 
hey, watch it, buddy. I'll put you in here for a real reason or something. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like... <laughs> yeah, that's 100% right. That's 100% right. I, th- I guess the main point... First of all, Steve, perfect. So you could hit that applause button. All right, I that got That was it. perfect. I think there's um, a B snide or B Mike. B Mike or or not be or be mad for the rest it's, of the day. It's, no, it's like be nice or not be nice or be Mike. And I think this <laughs> is a B Mike. So I would say that I am ultra sensitive to hospital things. And when I hear that story, this is why I said, I don't know if I had to be there or not. But when I hear that story, my heart says, that's a guy who's like, scared and his defense mechanism is kicking in and that is like when you don't have control of your body and you're in somebody else's hands there's no more humbling experience sure like you're not good i'm sure you had plans that night but you have no plans if your body doesn't want to go where you want it to go right so there's no world where i'm like oh yeah well go fuck yourself now you live in a truck (laughs) you know so i would probably give him a little a little zazz. But I, my first instinct is that guy's just sad and trying to cling on to like whatever ego he has. Right, right. And, and you know, and, and not to not to fan the flames or anything, to let the guy just have his moment and then, you know, yeah. he'll, hopefully he'll be better. It's um, like when you won't leave the White House. Um. And the end of the email says, <laughs> "I was nice. I was nice because I'd get fired if I said what I wanted to. The patient was okay, as far as I know. Love you, boys. Stay safe and sane. And please come to Seattle when this virus gets bored. I promise. Because humans make it too easy. And mo- oh, be- because please come to Seattle when this virus gets bored. Because humans make it too easy and moves it onto a planet of smart people." P.S. I got my dad a buttress pillow for his 50th birthday. So thank you for that. <laughs> That's great, man. Dude, thank you for being a uh, first responder in a pandemic and using the time you have in your life to help other people. That's super fucking awesome. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this show. I promise you that as soon as it's okay for live shows to happen, me and Steve will fucking go up the coast and go to Seattle. Oh, 100%. And uh, have a good time. Dude, I don't think I'll I'll refuse a, like any kind of opportunity to travel after this. I think I, for any reason, right? I would let my anxieties take a backseat and just be like, I gotta just go. I want to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, well, guys, thank you so much for that history road, Turner and Jacob for the Dominic the Donkey email. Um, thank you guys for listening to the show. Yeah, man. Thank you for all those uh, Spotify things. I tried to um, like repost as many as I could without annoying everyone <laughs> else, but it's just such a fucking, you know, it's a, it's a numbers thing, but it, it's also like a community thing. It's just nice. Um, we just like that you're into it because it, we like making people feel nice, especially I think about it all the time, how we could have chosen any jobs to have and we happen to have a job that maybe doesn't help people as much as the emt guy (laughs) but to have your job where the end product of your job is to make people kind of comfortable and happy 
especially when people need it a lot. I'm just very thankful that we get to have that job. 100%. And then once in a while, you guys are all like, we're listening to you do the job. And that feels really, really nice. Yeah, because Mike and I hear each other and then whatever clips and we read your history roads or whatever. But like we, you know, when we see you, when you get our attention, you know, when we see the crowd of people on the Internet that are like, this is how much we listen to your show. It's it's really wonderful. It makes you feel like, um, you know, what you're doing is important to a lot of people. And uh, it's it. I'm just so thankful that Mike is just my friend. And I'm I'm blessed to be able to just like have a show with this man, you know, and, <laughs> and where we make so many people happy. And all we have to do is just talk to each other. And I think that's a beautiful, wonderful, insane thing. And I and I'm so thankful for you guys. And I'm thankful for you, Mike. Yeah, I'm thankful for you as well, Steve. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, Mike. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving is wonderful. Did you get the twelve foot turkey that you put out. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to the show. Check out our merch at uh, dynamicbanter.clothing if you want to sport some cool shit and maybe get someone a gift for the holidays. And thank you to our sponsors and thank you to HeadGum. And we'll catch you next time on the show. That was a HeadGum podcast. <laughs>